I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Rachel from London, and you're listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is, in a pre- or post-COVID world, would you rather have the neck of a giraffe or the hands of a T-Rex? Okay, here comes the show. And remember, question everything. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, live from the London Podcast Festival, a podcast where myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor Dame Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer, hello, and a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked, and we are talking everything from... We are talking everything from Rachel from London's question, would you rather have the neck of a giraffe or the arms of a T-Rex? Now, uh, uh, Rachel, 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 are you here? No, good. All right, cool. Well, you guys tell Rachel what I said. But I'm because I need to work out, am I having like a giraffe's neck but still a human body? Yeah, yeah. And a T-Rex's arms but still a human body? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be the, the giraffe, I, isn't it? I don't want the arms of a T-Rex. I mean, you? if I've still got a human body, proportionally, a T-Rex's arms aren't that crazy. Yeah. It just looks like I'm very excited about everything. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay, well, that's Yeah, and that's also, I'll be, I'll be real good at like poker. Yeah. <laughs> so that's you, you convinced me. There Rachel, you it's the arms of the T-Rex. Thanks arms for asking the, the question. You, we, we ask all the questions, every question. We ask all the questions. And if you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, then please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify where you'll never miss an episode. Or subscribe to us on Acast, the world's largest podcast network. Or just show up live to the London Podcast Festival or to a live show. And I'll be equally grateful. So... With that in mind, on today's show, we have two very special guests. First up is a comedian, actor, and writer. She starred in TV comedy such as Motherland and Cuckoo. She is the host of the Hoovering podcast and a regular co-host of the Guilty Feminist podcast. In 2019, she was also nominated for Best Show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for her show, Hench. Please welcome to the stage, Miss Jess Foster-Q. I want you guys to know that uh, we are very happy that Jess is here and we did all of the like the elbow bumps backstage. So, welcome Jess. Couldn't do it there. Hey, thanks for having me. This is nice. It's nice. Um, There are smiles beneath. Yeah, a lot of smizing going on. Some good smizing. Lovely hey, smizing. That, that, see, that woman is so happy you're here. She is eating that mask in because she's so jovial. Edible in, masks. Have they done that yet? Edible masks. They have, but it's from Love Honey, I imagine. Yeah. yeah okay. I'm, I'm just I'm just spitballing. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> That's gonna happen. Edible masks from Love Honey. Yeah. That'll be a thing. I could I could definitely yeah. see that. A PVC mask. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you for having me. How's, how has your uh, life been, uh, AC? I feel like after COVID is kind of the yeah. acronym I'm going DC? for there. Yeah. Oh, God, DC. during COVID. During COVID, yeah. yeah. Um, whoa. 
it's been a, a really fine mixture. <laughs> mm. um, I've got mainly an enormous amount to be very grateful for, I think. Cool. Yeah, I've a garden, so that was nice. That's um, I have things to write to keep working on, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a very, very sexist child that I was trapped with for most of that. <laughs> mm. So that was less nice, yeah. Exciting. That's a shame. Yeah. How's... Is there a, a, a re-education scheme going on in your home in order to educate your child? I've been trying, but actually, sort of weirdly, I just thought, well, I just try and educate him. He's just started school, um, like, as in about a fortnight ago. Um, uh, the more I educate him, the worse the sexism gets. So, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I mean, it is in reality all accidental but it is mad how sexist it sounds uh got him a book about the body like how the body functions and everything and um you know he's really into it he's fascinated by it but as a result of that we were eating together the other night some gherkins or something and he said is this tangy food good for you and i said yeah i think so i think it's like good for your gut or something and he went well i hope while you're eating you're thinking about whether or not it's good for your womb (laughs) (laughs) jesus yeah not even five years old. Jesus but, Christ. But, but he said womb and not belly, which is very advanced. <laughs> it is. So well, I suppose, yeah. So he's, there's a type of intelligence in there somewhere, I suppose. But yeah, so just, yeah it's, it's roller coaster. Yeah. It's, ro- it's, ro- it's yeah. definitely roller coaster. Good luck. It's, yeah. it's the only roller coaster now. It's, not it's the only roller coaster <laughs> now. It's roller now, I'm afraid. Unless you go by yourself. Um, so, but you've been managing learning stuff. New, I think there's most people, it's like new skill, new recipe. New oh. exercise regimen is what people observed at the beginning of lockdown. Been doing all that stuff. I really focused in on, um, I spent the sort of real belly of lockdown really just focusing in on body hair growth. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, Great. And got some huge gains on that front. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, I grew my armpit hair out for the first time in my life. Sort of as an act of feminism, sort of as a, like, let's, let's just try this. It was amazing. Saved off loneliness loads. Always, it was like having a couple of new pets. Um, <laughs> uh, the major upside of that was I always had all I often got the, all the psychological benefits of having exercised even when I hadn't exercised because I always smelt like I'd just exercised um, no I loved that uh, well, I've learnt it's in the sort of in the sort of creeping out of lockdown I've um I love weightlifting and always have, and I really missed it during it's not so I don't have the stuff at home to do that and would be slightly nervous about breaking a floor or something like anyway I've been able to do that again for the last few months hench problems hashtag hench problems Um, but um, yeah a a new gym has opened at the bottom of my road and it's lush and I'm loving it and I've learnt to do handstands and I reckon I'm about I reckon before Christmas I should be able to do a handstand push up so that'll be my new skill and it ticks the exercise box as well there you go amazing keep it going keep it going we better bring out everybody first of all hey lovely to meet you all We're, there will be a request for the handstand at the end, so be prepared no, for that. that. Not in these dungarees. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, uh, it leaves us just to introduce our second guest. And so, next up is a writer, comedian and podcaster. He was born in Hong Kong, is fluent in Mandarin, spent his teens in Australia and moved to England at 19 years old. He hosts a QI-derived fact-based comedy podcast, No Such Thing as a Fish, one of the UK's most popular podcasts, and he also co-created and produced BBC Radio 4's highly successful and long-running series, The Museum of Curiosity. Let's hear it for Dan Schreiber. Hello, everyone. Hey, Dan. How's it hanging? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Chilling. Podcasting. 
Nice. Nice to see live. Nice to see everyone. Thanks for coming out. Everybody. As I said to Jess, you can't see it, but they are very happy and supportive. Oh, delighted. Yeah, no. It's terrifying. It is. Yeah, I can't really look at them, if I'm honest with you. It's slightly scary. Yeah. It looks like a Doctor Who episode, basically. It does. Look like <laughs> episode. Or it looks to me, it's, just like, it's like a prequel to Batman. It's like the League of Shadows. And then it's like, now it's graduation. And then it's a row full of ninjas. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, thanks, everybody. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the prequel to Batman, where he hadn't discovered that it's this bit of his face he should be covering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before, before he managed yeah. to get the mask right on. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the ears peeping out of his cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Bruce Wayne is terrible. How's your lockdown been, Dan? Yeah, it's it's been pretty insane. I like you had a um, you made a, a human, right? Made a human, had a baby uh, in April on the on the peak day of the peak week of COVID, April fifteenth. We had our son in a hospital in Tunbridge Wells, and it was uh, it was the most interesting and Ooh. emotional experience I think I've gone through because of all the jeopardy of the worry of the hospitals, um, wanting to make sure you don't hurt anyone in the process of going in to have this baby I was, I was yeah. allowed to be in. Um, but it was, yeah, it was amazing. So that bit's been fantastic. The lockdown itself, I'm, I'm someone who loves reading weird facts. And I thought, I, I thought prior to lockdown, my wife liked hearing these facts. And, <laughs> and that's been one of the biggest things. It turns out I am one of those sort of like, oh, did you know, honey, kind of characters. And she's not <laughs> built for it. She doesn't like my facts. And I found, I, I, just to get off my chest, I found two today that I was dying to tell her and I have to hold it in now so I'll just tell you guys instead um, one I read that the singer Katie Lang refused to meet meatloaf because she's a vegetarian yeah. Yeah, and he was he was actually a vegetarian for ten years of his life, meatloaf, and he did uh, veganuary this yeah. year. Um, so he hasn't returned to it yet. So that was the first thing I found out today. Second thing I found out is that the first ever editor of the Encyclopedia Britannica was a man called Willie Smelly. <laughs> and I, don't, I can't believe that's not the first thing that we all talk about because obviously the editor's name comes right at the beginning of the book so how the fuck did we miss that um, yeah so thank you for letting me get that off my chest these are, these are very good facts <laughs> I, I have two facts on the back of that oh yeah did you know eating meat in the form of a loaf is probably a bad idea <laughs> true pro- I mean if you're like another slice of meat please <laughs> what for a sandwich what and then, uh, also, did you know that the first editor uh, of uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica's dad was obviously a prick? <laughs> <laughs> Willie Smelly, son. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure, doctor. He's going to write an encyclopedia one day. <laughs> Dane, it's probably time for a question, isn't it? As the format of this show dictates. In the format and both time constraints dictate that uh, we will invite our most esteemed guest to ask a question which we will discuss for about 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so, uh, and then Howard will ask a question. Then another one of our guests will ask a question. Then I will ask a question. And then, obviously, for the sake of egalitarianism, I will invite the audience to also ask questions because we question everything and everyone gets a chance to ask a question. So those of you who uh, are now looking at me with furrowed brows when I can't see your faces, <laughs> I look forward to that intensity when we start doing the questions from you. Um, so um, we should begin with yourself, Jess, as the first okay. guest on the panel. Um, first of all, I want to thank both of you for taking the time out to support this uh, live show. Um, and therefore, Jess, you now have the floor to ask the first question, please. Uh, oh, my crumbs. Um, I can't... Right, OK, I'm not sure exactly how to word it. I can't, I'm just you sent it to me if you want me to look at it. Yeah, well, I'll just keep it 
simple and you can tell me if I've got it completely wrong. Um, but I would like to know the answer to the question. What is the difference between confidence and arrogance? Mm. And what inspired this question, Jess? I have a lifelong, probably instilled from a mixture of nature and nurture, um, real issue with arrogance. And uh, I would say an over-appreciation or over-valuing of humility. I still fundamentally believe that, but I'm also aware that that's had to change as I've got older and uh, more confident. And um, I think it's very interesting in terms of how um, opening my eyes a little bit... Oh, uh, opening my mind a bit to my firmness on that has had a very positive impact on my career. Saying that, I think there's a generation of people coming through who um, think that you just need to declare yourself to be a deity and then good shit will come. Mm. And I do fundamentally believe that confidence should be earned. Uh, but also, I think it's not a... a I think it's a very complicated question because it depends on the amount of privilege you came into the world with and or lose mm -hmm. gain along the way. Yeah. Um, so I just think it's an absolute fucking minefield of a question. So absolutely tip top to just chuck out, of the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, chuck out into the world with, at, what, at what the start of a me? podcast. Yeah. With the full confidence that it would be a discussion point. <laughs> yeah. How but, arrogant. But Dan Schreiber, I, yeah. I would say, Dane, you know, you know Dan for a while, right? Like, yeah. confident guy, right? Well, um, I, I, I would say that I'm pretty confident. I, I have a th possible theory about the difference. It's probably wrong, but I think possibly the difference is confidence means that you think you deserve to be in the room, mm -hmm. the big room where big things are happening. Arrogance is thinking once you're in that room, you're the best person in that room. Yeah. And I think it's that, it's that one step further that says I'm better than everyone, whereas confidence says you can do this. You can, you, you're, don't let them tell you just because you haven't got that qualification or that thing that you're not going to be someone who's able to step into a room and not be heard as if you think you're the right person for it. Yeah. I, I think that's so, I think some, something around that. And, I, and I'd, I'd extend that by saying normally how I would uh, describe confidence and arrogance is like confidence is like asserting your positive attributes or your greatness or what uh, skills you may have. Mm. I think arrogance is doing that at the expense of someone else. So arrogance is almost an assertion of greatness, but it's at someone else's expense or it's comparative. Mm. So normally confident people can be like, I can do the job, whereas an arrogant person is like, well, I can do the job unlike everybody else here without yeah, yeah. knowing who it is. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be one facet of it as well. That's so. interesting. Who's this it? new generation? Name names. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's everywhere. Like right. it's like properly everywhere and it's in our language and everything now like if we're if you're like like all the your kaween like even my idols do it but like talk like talk about so loving the way that let's talk about in terms of i suppose um it, the way it's spoken about sometimes in terms of body positivity which i think is like uh, i've 95 percent only to say thank you for do you know what yeah. I mean? But there's this 5% element where it's like, oh, actually, I think then you're bringing into the world this idea that we have to love ourselves to the point where, you know, don't get me wrong, like, I would 
I would get off with Lizzo's feet even after a really long walk in some old trainers. <laughs> but she says you've got to love yourself to the point where you want to marry yourself. Like, Jesus, that is a lot of oh, self-adoration. I can't imagine anything like, worse. That yeah. is too much. That is... I mean, it's literally a blue jam sketch, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's that, that guy that marries himself. And it, anyway, um, <laughs> it's... Um, it, 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 it's where the boundaries lie of of knowing your worth. Um, but I think it's so interesting. Yeah, it does. I suppose it all comes down to context of competition or comparison, the uh, two yeah. things. Yeah, I think and, there's and definitely think an element of that. And I think it's also uh, reactive uh, in terms of... It's, it's like reactive ideology, mm. I think, a lot of times. So, for example, in Lizzo's case, where it does seem to borderline arrogance, and I kind of understand what you're referring to, I think sometimes that is a rebuttal to a more subversive suggestion that sure. if you look or appear to be a certain way that you are considered inferior. 100%. So, and she's someone who has had like uh, such a, a like a, tr- a tri-vector of unprivileges. Yeah, in yeah terms exactly. Of, yeah. Like, About being an African-American yeah, woman, being an African-American who's a fat. From homeless, historically, like serious up against it. It's not, I would never say she's arrogant. What I mean is I do, when I you're putting you out a message yes. to... More well, yeah, yeah, well, young women yeah. who are going, right, well, okay, I've got to love myself, I've got to love myself. I think, actually, it, it could be more realistic, potentially, to say it's also fine to find a place of absolute neutrality with yourself where you just don't give that many fucks. You yeah. don't actually have to want to adore which think, yourself. Which I think is the confidence as well. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's the thing where, I guess, as a social species, a lot of our uh, platitudes, they have to be kind of reflective. So mm-hmm. you can have all the confidence until you come face-to-face with who's someone who might be, like, I guess if you're competing, you're, you're competitive superior. And then, and I guess what happens sometimes is that people uh, compensate for that lack of confidence with more, like, arrogance. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's almost to the point of self-affirmation to the point of uh, delusion. Like I said, because, and it, it, like, it's beyond reproach. Yeah. Which really, I guess, in terms of human beings, if you are beyond reproach in terms of your particular state, like, I'm, if you're like, I'm perfect, this state of being I'm in now is perfect, then there's no opportunity for evolution, is there really? So yeah. I guess that's where arrogance... I guess arrogance is almost defining or asserting your greatness, but making it very finite. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm the best, I'm so good, it can't get better than this. Forgetting that the more you know, the more you know you've got to know. Exactly. But also, I'd argue that it's the damage you're causing to people, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which, I mean, uh, I, I don't know, am I arrogant? I don't know if I... I don't know, maybe I am, and I come across, I'd come across it, I just don't know it. You know, but if I do, then I'm probably causing people. Shit just got awkward. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Also, <laughs> someone told me. Arrogant people yeah. don't say probably Howard. <laughs> they say definitely. It's weird to think, right? You, Obviously. Because I think some arrogant people, I'm not going to name any, but you know who you are. You're not here necessarily, but you know, you, you, I know some arrogant people. And I, name you know, names. Let's come to it. This is live right. on the internet. I'm it, not naming names. I, well, I will. I believe that the president is fucking arrogant. Yeah. 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 That's an example of There's arrogance to say, example. I have, we have all the best this and all the best this. No, mm. for what you've been bankrupt five times. Let's just keep it fiscal. <laughs> yeah. For the sake, because we're streaming, yeah. just fiscally speaking, for you to presume that you have superiority when you've had five bankruptcies is arrogant. To even assume that you could be in control of a country's budget, knowing full well you've never been able to be successful in business yourself is arrogance. Yeah. yeah. So... I think that's a new example. Wolf from Gladiators. Really <laughs> arrogant. We'll see. I, I, so yeah, arrogant, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, right. Tell yeah, me about yeah. Wolf. Wolf would like, so it would be like they'd be doing the duel. Yeah. And even if he lost fair and square, he'd still be hitting people with his uh, pu- 
Was it a pugil stick? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd get the audience. Like he'd, he'd be like yeah. taking right. out an audience and stuff, and it's like that is either misplaced arrogance or steroids or both. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. Wolf, Wolf was arrogant. How about The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, when he was The Rock? Yeah, the Rock was, yeah. But is he more, is, or is it confidence? See, I, I think suppose, that's confidence. Yeah. I feel like he was confident, but then maybe the Steve Austin era was kind of arrogant. Who yeah. was sorry? The Stone Cold Steve Austin part was yeah. arrogant. I think he ran somebody over with a limousine and I was like, that's, that's not legal. Arrogant. And yeah. I felt like that was, because obviously wrestling is sports entertainment. Wherever you sit on how the level of realism in, is not for discussion yet, unless you have a question regarding the realism in WWE <laughs> later on in the podcast. I think it's a pretty good, good thing for wrestlers to be arrogant though, right? That's like a good... Yeah, but a good place to be like arrogant. It. Yeah, but the theatre of it. Well, well, this is it. Sports is interesting. Yeah. I think you've got other, th- you know, comedy. Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo is definitely an arrogant person, right? Without like, doubt. I think, he, I think a lot of people... Hands up if you think Cristiano Ronaldo, the footballer, is arrogant. Ooh, mm. some. So yes. 50-50? Ooh, quite a lot, yeah, yeah. Just a bit I under know, 50. Because the thing is, it's like... That, and that's but he justifies about, it now. That's what I'm saying. That's the thing about sports, though, is that it's like there's a, there's a lot of quantitative ways you can measure if your narrative is matches what you're saying. So Cristiano Ronaldo is like, is he like the first, not that this is an indicator of his success, but mm. being like the first billionaire footballer, I think like he's had top scoring statistics in like all the leagues he's kind of played in mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Like even some of his humanitarian work and stuff, like he doesn't have any tattoos because he regularly donates blood and stuff. So for me, it's like... Mm. Is, is, there, there are some people, is, or even like Michael did it. Obviously, lockdown. Um, you can be arrogant without being a narcissist, though. Like, uh, there's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Muhammad Ali, I wouldn't say was a narcissist, but I think he was yeah. quite arrogant. But then again, it's like. But that's that so rebu- interesting that when you look at it as a sports person. Where if you are a sports person, perhaps it's different with for Muhammad Ali compared to. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in the sense that he plays on a team, especially if you're a solo sports person. How do you, how do you have confidence with that arrogance? Because your work, success in your work, necessitates comparison and competition. Mm. I want the um, audience to know that we are well aware that as comedians that all operate within a solitary medium, we are aware that we've missed ourselves when we discuss. I slipped it in there. <laughs> yeah. Sports people, what about civil service? You know, people uh, who make their own ice cream? Uh, <laughs> but comedians have to be arrogant. Comedians have to be arrogant to walk into a room and be the funniest person to be, the, you know, that, that's, the, that's the game, isn't it? You have to have a bit of arrogance to walk into the room. Confidence, justified confidence. Maybe we'll call it that. Justif- you, you well, that's be- my question is yeah. what is the difference between the two things? With comedy, I think sometimes it boils down to... Um, uh, if, is it earned? <laughs> like yeah. it's yeah. that, isn't it? Yeah. Like um, the, the the philosophy of which is not just exclusive to comedy, but to all sorts of things now of like fake it till you make it. Yeah. I don't know actually. Like I wonder if we could rein that back and be a bit more like no, work really hard and earn it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, then when you're and then when you're good, you can have right. a bit of swagger. Right. This is the problem. Is I think I think that's always been a uh, should have been a key maxim within our society. Yeah. But I think in. Uh, upper echelons of society we've proven to everybody else that uh, arrogance is positively rewarded mm-hmm. whether you're qualified for the job or not because you know there's so many systems whether it's because of plutocracy or nepotism we as I said historically there were a lot of boons to you actually being uh, have, having earned arrogance or earned confidence because it's like you've now earned that position so you're probably able to maintain it by that merit whereas it's like you can look at most of the leaders of the western worlds now and to now tell even a cisgender, heterosexual, young white male, go to school and work hard to get a good job, he could easily be like, why? The people in charge of these countries have never worked hard, are not that good at their jobs. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you wouldn't be able to, and, but still do it in a very arrogant fashion. You wouldn't have to be like, in, now you don't really have any kind of moral standpoint to encourage. Yeah, yeah, to encourage yeah. meritocracy. Think, um, yeah. just, just back to stand-up comedy a second. There's a thing years ago, Jerry Seinfeld made a documentary called Comedian. And mm. in it, the premise of it was Seinfeld ended. Everyone knew his material from the top and tail of the show. He was going to throw it away and start a whole new set. And he, which is to a lot of comedians, uh, when I wasn't doing stand-up, was the most hilarious premise because he, he pitched it as like, I'm doing the craziest thing ever. I'm getting rid of material. It's like, mate, Edinburgh every year is new material. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole new show. Not 20 years of material. But Seinfeld talks about the fact, and you follow him. So if you've not seen it, fascinating documentary, because this is the guy, you yeah. could not be more famous than Jerry Seinfeld in the comedy world when he decided to do this. And he goes on stage, and you watch him, and they add it, they include it in the doc. He bombs on stage. He gets heckled, and he can't respond to the heckle. He's so thrown. And he's talking to one of his friends afterwards, and he's saying the thing about the fame, the fame thing with comedy, buys you five minutes on stage. But if you're not funny, that's it. That's, that's you know, your confidence can, and arrogance that I'm Jerry Seinfeld can be there. And I think he's not arrogant for that reason, mm. that he knows that that's the reality. A lot of comedians argue that actually he, it does buy you more than five minutes. It, it could yeah. buy you an hour, but that's, that's in Jerry's head that that's what it is. And I find that... I, I personally find it fascinating because uh, another documentary I was watching just last night on Lenny Bruce. Mm. Um, Lenny Bruce, if you don't know him, most people do, but if you don't, he was effectively the first real stand-up comedian. He broke away from the room of writers who were doing stuff for people and he talked about real life and he said swear words and he got arrested and he went to court to fight these prosecutions Ooh, yeah, and he yeah. died because mm. the system nailed him and didn't allow him to continue. And Lenny Bruce created a thing where there was a whole generation, and still to this day, of people who think they have this really solid voice, but uh, and that means they're going to be a great comedian who can just go on stage and say what they think about the truths of the world. And what they don't know is that Lenny Bruce spent 15 or 10 years in that bracket, roughly, um, doing shit jokes on stage, crafting uh, jokes, yeah. understanding joke writing, and then when he transformed into that person, he became a great comedian, yeah. and, he was, and he was able to put jokes into the messages. And a lot of people think, oh, I don't need that 10 years. I can just go and be yeah. that person. And I think I was guilty of it as well with stand-up. I oh, think, I think most stand-ups are absolutely. at some point, oh, like God. about I'm, three years in. my third in, gig, like... I was the Chris Rock of the UK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was bought swiftly back down to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bitterest pill to swallow, isn't it, at the start of your comedy career? Like, and, you, and you do get given that pill again and again, year on year, again, yeah, like, yeah. oh, no, no, it's, basically yeah. do. And it's, Everyone it, who it's like a shot. You're still kind of rich. It's not like the first time you yeah. do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're like, you're like okay. Mm. Still sweat thinking about that last bomb. And I, but I, I think, and I feel maybe that's the uh, the issue is that it's it's an element of uh, of. I suppose an element of, of dialogue nowadays that we've kind of removed. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're trying people like no bad energy and people uh, avoiding negative energy and even kind of negative feedback. Yeah. Um, I think we just. Uh, there's a lot more, I guess because individualism is encouraged so much more nowadays, yeah. it's like people don't have to consider themselves. And I think there's an interdependence when you are a comic or any, in any field that requires you to have the support of your peers or mm -hmm. either your peers or your audience that are supporting your patrons of your art form and all of that interaction, all these stakeholders make you, can help build your confidence. And whereas I think now because so much more entertainment is so much more isolated, yeah. people don't have to be humbled by the direct feedback. Like if you perform on social media, yeah. you might have people write stuff and comments, but you can turn your comments off. And so any criticism, one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. 
Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Won't be vocalized, so you'd have to be aware of it. So you can be, mm. I guess. So I guess arrogance is confidence with the added gift of obliviousness to an extent. Yeah. Mm. So that's a good answer, and it's a great question. Answer. Let's hear it for Jess and her question. Great question. <laughs> Hell of a question, right? Tough one, uh, and quite and quite serious, and, and uh, but like made me think. Um, I, I've got a question now that is definitely not. Uh, serious. Is, is that okay? Everyone happy with that? Yeah. Uh, I'm livid. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it kind of relates around, you know, Dan, you got the five-month-old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've got the four-month-old kid. He's at home watching. He doesn't understand anything, but hello, Dylan and my wife, Tara, if, you, if you're watching. Hello. Uh, d- 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 Dan, right? The, the, the kid has no understanding of his bowel movements, right? Uh, uh-huh. Which is a weird thing, right? Because you should be sitting there with this guy and he's quite pleasant and he just breaks wind constantly right does your kid do this um yeah yeah of course yeah it's that's I not think... just the only question there's more to it than that right um <laughs> but the, uh, and it, <laughs> that would have been 15 minutes on what? that um, <laughs> where the babies come from and what do they from? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, the thing that i was thinking about i was sitting there with my mum last night and in a lovely tender moment he just drops this big stink you know and he's just like he's just farting for fun basically he's just the, but he doesn't know he's doing he's one of those consciousness about it it made me think why are we so conscious about all our bodily uh, functions? Mm. You know, it's such a weird thing. You know, we've all done it, right? Well, not since I've been on stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why, why are we all so self-conscious about our bodily functions? There's just things, burps, farts, you know, everything else. It's just, why? Well, I think, I think like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have a crap on stage right now purely out of... <laughs> it just doesn't feel... Right, it's and not also, the show. Yeah. <laughs> but also, it does. Uh, here's the thing: you will notice. You said about that David. as in, like, it's not quite ready yet. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not, it's not cooked. Feel Still right. cooking. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a half-hearted one. It yeah. Somebody be bring him a coffee. What I'm truly capable of. We would not get for a, a lot of headlines, show. to be fair, Dan. If you did, but you yeah. Know. <laughs> no, I think I think there's a few. Like you'll notice with your baby that the the smell is very pungent, oh, and it's not a nice God, atmosphere yeah. to live in. A pungent, smelly poo room. Like that's mm. that's not nice. Ah, Dad. <laughs> but it is it is interesting like my son um i have two kids i have a, uh, a boy wolf who's turning three on tuesday and cool. happy birthday yeah thanks he's um he doesn't understand it but thanks um and he he had an amazing journey of and jess you've got kids as well so he had this incredible journey where he really struggled to get um poo out it was a real kind of like you had to he had to sit and he would take himself away to do it and it became our favorite thing because it was such a weird intimate thing to be allowed into if he sort of would lock eyes with you as he's hiding sort of like, oh. 
And he's like, just keep looking at me. Help me through this, but don't hold my hand. I need to be at a distance. But he started developing this thing, which was the most enjoyable thing. If we'd go to restaurants, he, he was a, um, a bum shuffler. It took a long time for him to walk. He walked on his second birthday. So up until then, wow. he was on his bum shuffling around. And we'd be in restaurants or bars, and he would shuffle around to people. It'd be really nice. And my wife and I would always love this moment where he would suddenly grip onto the leg of someone who was sitting at a bar stool or at their table, and we'd go, oh, man, all right, here we go. And Wilf would grab, and they'd look down and go, hi, and he'd be looking at them, and he'd go... <laughs> and this person is like... And we'd have to go, so sorry, he's just... And, but there's nothing you can do. And they understood that. Some of them are parents, and they just had to have a little boy grab their leg as they shit next to them. And... That, for us, I don't know, weirdly, the poo thing is such an enjoyable process of watching them grow up. Right. I don't know why, it just is. All the little weird things are the best yeah. things, I think. Yeah, Yeah. my son has got like a, he's got like a purple stripe on his forehead. It like, it's not there. And then when he's stressed or having a shit, it's like perfect <laughs> oblong purple there. But it's that, it is the eye lock of like... And I'll be honest, that I am glad, 100% glad that we sort of socialise culturally ourselves out of mm. locking eyes with a loved one. Yeah. It would be the death of romance, wouldn't it, for a start? Yeah. All, the, all the heights of it. Uh, Okie dokie, Dane. Every aspect of you. I'm in this with you. <laughs> but, but breaking, break, breaking wind, farting, whatever you want to, you know, call it. Like it's such a like it really is embarrassing, right? I mean, if one of us did it now, it'd be like a big, it'd be a real moment, wouldn't it? Depends it depends what kind of festival you were at. Howard. <laughs> yeah. you know, the London Fart Festival, you'd bring the place down. <laughs> You know, and sometimes I'm in another room. Do you room. get a free mug at that one? I mean, yeah. you, you don't, um, but it's real socially distant there. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. no, Dane. I'm in another room to my wife, Tara. Hello, and uh, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I want to break wind, you know, and uh, I don't want to. It's just going to happen. I'm not actively seeking it, obviously. And, and then it happens, <laughs> and I can hear her kind of making a comment from the room next door, and it's like, well, really? I mean, what do you mm. want me to do? What, what, what kind of do what, what kind of comment? Like. Uh, Drink more water, Howard. Oh. Is, that, is that help? I, I heard that. Yeah, I heard, I heard that. <laughs> or, or, or is it... Uh... <laughs> yeah. that's she a fine never... comment, I think. Oh, Even if someone's she... gone to another room, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> she never heard it, Heard that. Yeah. It sounded like clapping, that one. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I do remember a kid who used to, at school called Andrew Koss. I'll name him. I've never seen him again since primary Poor school. Andrew. I'm naming him directly. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> And he used to, I used to, went around his house twice and he had all the good toys there. And you know the kid I'm talking about. I and he would well. fart and it would smell really, really bad. And then he'd laugh because he knew that you didn't like the smell. Now, is that a fun, no, is the issue there his vulgarity or his diet at home? Because mm. if he's got all the toys, I imagine that he's not told no very often. No. So. Uh, he, all, in, all in that in that gut. He had one of those big, you know, jars of sweets that was always full every time you went over there. You well, know, there you go. Then there you go. And you just get nice. a waft of it in your face when he feels like it. It's, uh, <laughs> I think um, the thing about... <laughs> I what, feel horrified when it happens to me. I don't know. There's, there's, right, there's, right, 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 right. So I get really upset if I... If I mean, you, you know, do it or if it's done to you? If I, no, I don't care. You can do whatever... Dane, anytime you want to do it, in my feel free. But like right. for me to do it in front of you, I'd be ashamed. Do you, do you know what a fart is? I only found this out recently. Um, it's, uh, Tell us exactly what fart it's pretty, is. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get the details of this wrong, but it's basically, it's the bacteria. <laughs> is it a dead joke? No, no, no. I'm just, a I'm, dead joke. Because I think out. it's, got, I'm worried <laughs> what it's, if it is it's, what I think it is. It's what well, the bacteria inside you yeah. is 
farting. The living bacteria inside you is farting and it builds up and builds up and builds up and amasses and eventually that explodes out of you. Basically, you're farting a whole colony of other farts that have sort of joined into one sonic ball. It's like that bit in Star Wars with the, the Death Star when it beams up, you know, when it goes mm. and then sends the shot out. That's our anuses, basically. And, <laughs> and inside is... A, I didn't know that until recently. I think that's, that's probably not 100% how, how true. And what happens if you trap it in then? What happens if you don't let it out? Well, sometimes you can fart out your mouth, which is a weird thing. What? No. Yeah, it gets into your lungs and it, and it can come out is the other side. why your breath smells in the morning? Because you've not been farting in the night. <laughs> Who's not I been thought there was something in farting, that. Why are you not farting in the night and then breathing? <laughs> Why would you not find the night? Sorry well, I don't know what I'm doing in the night, do I? That's Annoying. True. I'd have thought that would be a safe space is the old bedroom for, you know, various Dutch ovens around the country. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. There's a cool thing as well, which I was actually just Googling it down just now. I'm sorry if it looked rude. Um, but there's a... Do you guys know this about the Backstreet Boys song, The Call? There's a oh, song, no. The Call. Yes. Howie from the Backstreet Boys was in the studio recording his vocal and he had a big fit of farts. And the temp, the, the sort of timbre of the fart was so nice that the producer sampled it and it's in the song. What? Yeah. There's a Backstreet Boys song which has a bass beat, which is Howie's <laughs> fart on repeat. Whoa! Yeah. And did he get royalties for that, I assume, or not? Yeah, what, well, his anus? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's an extra a lot, vocalist. A lot of Backstreet Boys songs do kind of sound like a fart because if you, you know, <laughs> the song, I'm just saying, rock your body right, it goes, brown, 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 brown. Yeah. I love the oh idea it's an extra vocalist. Again. When you see them come on stage, there's one extra mic, which is just that. They look wonderful. The falsetto. There's problem, guys. Some people want a bigger cut. Yeah. I'm holding this team together. <laughs> Separate dressing rooms, everything. It's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, Dane, we spent a lot of time together. This is 78,000th hour we've done this podcast together. Yeah. I've never heard you drop anything. I don't really fart. Right. <laughs> yes, you, what? I don't, I don't really. As in, like, I don't They're have. They're shaking a, their heads at you. I know, but I don't have a day habit. But then I'm, I am somebody that, like, every time I eat, I almost immediately within an hour will go to the toilet. Right, right. So my metabolism kind of works that way. Because a lot of time with fighting, it's almost fighting's almost like your body whispering to you, you need to use the toilet. Right. So <laughs> I already. Do. Is it always so? It's not the noise it makes for me. Um, not necessarily. Not necessarily always, always, but a lot of times, sometimes some, sounds like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> trying to. Yeah. Hey, open your bowels. I just think, uh, for me, I don't know, it's just for me where it's like, I, suppose, I also don't drink, I guess a lot of stuff that causes flatulence, like I don't really drink a lot of like beer and carbonate stuff, but, oh, but yeah, I just no. found, because I, I just go to toilet every time I eat. Dan and I've got yeah. beer in our mugs. I just don't really, and I think, yeah, and like Howard said, I think, and it's also a part, uh, probably a lot of element of shame there. Right, uh, okay. The idea of like breaking wind in front of somebody's yeah. anathema, where it's just weird because my dad, you can hear him from downstairs. <laughs> well, this is it. My parents have been married for like 40 years. Wow. And, I, and we, you can hear it from the echoes. I was in a relationship once where uh, <laughs> uh, my girlfriend at the time had an ensuite and I went to the bathroom and then I guess she was holding something the whole night because yeah. she almost brought the whole room down. <laughs> and uh, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't really break wind in front of people, but I, I do find it fucking hilarious. Yeah. Because I felt like She'd already told herself, okay, he's gone. Let me just try and do this before he gets back. Kapow! Kapow! And I was like, what the fuck is happening in there? Came back and I was like, came back and she was kind of looking like, morning, morning, baby, doing that. And I was like, yeah, windy today, isn't it? She's like, yeah! It's it's by far, it was the loudest fart of our entire relationship. 
and wow. done by anybody. From either of you, yeah. From either well, of you. Well, there's another element of it, though, I think, is it's, like, particularly unladylike, isn't it, to do, like, big, loud farts. But, and I also am, like, I'd be like, oh, God, I'd be mortified. Mm. And um, yeah. But my partner is a woman, and she is way less mortified than me. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, and I think it's freeing and I'm envious and I don't know why I'm so kind of like, I think it's different to be like, guys, guys, come around and sniff this. Well, uh, but there's a yeah. difference between that and being like, oh, well, I, I'm going to do a fart. I'm just going to go, I'm going to go over here. I've got female mates. My nana was like it. Had a little old, beautiful little old sparrow of a nana, but she'd be constantly like, huh, beep, she was so cute my, like, my mum does the same thing as, yeah. as they the women sometimes are rather the autumn of their life yeah. I think all of the because of patriarchy all the farts they've had to store up and yeah. years of keeping up appearances amongst men and having to uphold this standard of like femininity and it's like do you know what I've given my life to the game <laughs> All the long-term relationships I've been in, with, with, been in, the, my girlfriends have always broken wind much more yeah. often than I have. And to yeah. be honest, like I want to make sure I don't identify this as some kind of fetish. I yeah. don't mind it. <laughs> like, but yeah, the sound is fine. I'm more the sense. Smells a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smells, Smells a problem. problem. Sound is fine. Like yeah. I, I, my other ex, she like, used to break wind in her sleep all the time. Yeah. All the time, and then pretend it was like a nightmare, and then we had to do this whole thing where she'd be like, "Oh no!" And I'd have to be like, "Yeah, it's okay, baby, good sleep." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to, pre- I had to, to pretend like, "Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear." It. Or she'd be like, "Scratch me in the night," and it'd be like, oh, "I had a night terror," and I'd be like, "Yeah, that's what it was." <laughs> to be fair to farts, right? To be fair to farts. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever farted yourself awake though? Because that is frightening. <laughs> that is frightening when it's like, "Whoa, oh, oh!" I'd instinctively be like, "It was a quick uh, think of a lie." <laughs> I think that's. Because you know what it is? If you wake yourself up with a fart, obviously the first phrase is, oh, sh- oh okay. <laughs> it's those covers and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, it's okay. That's too bad. All right. All right. Yeah, that's cool. My son is uh, is terrified of his farts. Uh, he doesn't have no idea what's... You, know, you had this, Dan, where he, it's like actual fear. You're like, oh, what's happening to me? Like, no, he, no. He, he, he does one and then he's like, oh, God, what's happening to my body? Which is, uh, you know, obviously quite frightening for the boy. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's not much he can do about that, really, is there? No, there's not. I think, it, I mean, just with what I was saying before, if, you've, if anyone here has had a kid or watching at home has had a kid, it's the most fascinating thing just watching the tiniest of details as their brain makes connections and as they mm-hmm. like so hence the pooing thing of just like you're, you're so proud it's like oh man i'm so proud that you you got that out of you like because that was hard and you didn't understand what was happening to yeah. you there and as you say like they get scared and eventually they'll build confidence and it's and just the tiniest things watching them look at their hands or watching them laugh for the first time at peekaboo it's it's like oh man what a journey i'm being allowed to view here it's, yeah. it's, insane. it's like viewing what you went through but in real time you're like totally. oh i get to see this now wow this and is i think with a brand new baby as well like i remember with my son thinking oh god you are this is so maybe this is too weird but thinking what you are a perfect instrument like you haven't been scuffed or sullied (laughs) by anything in life even your bumhole is perfect yeah it's do you know what i mean you're you're brand new this is brand new but also (laughs) in in line with what you were saying is like you can watch them try like with a baby it feels like you get they must get similar amounts of air in them to an adult so Ooh. the torture yeah the pain that they experience until it's out, and the relief when, when it, it's when out you're, when you're burping them and stuff yeah. you realize the importance of it I, it's weird how flatulence underscores like declarations of love because <laughs> it's like like i said it's like when someone farts in front of you and it's like i just now i, f- I feel comfortable in front of you now yeah 
Mm. Well, yeah. you have a funny way of showing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, it's their second vocalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we've all got to know each other better uh, through talking about our farts. I feel yep. emotionally attached to you all. So thanks for listening to my question, guys. <laughs> That was part one of our live show at the London Podcast Festival 2020. Come back next week for part two. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him on Twitter at DaneBaptweets or Instagram at DaneSnapTeast. Our guests were Jess Fosterkew and Dan Schreiber. You can follow Jess on Twitter and Instagram at Jessica Foster You can follow Dan on Twitter and Instagram at Schreiberland. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Howard Cohen. The show is mixed and mastered by Audio Culture. You can follow Audio Culture on Instagram at We Are Audio Culture. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DBQE Podcast. Thanks to Polly, Gelly and the ACAST team for all their support. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.